GBC Podcasts, local voices on demand. Hello, thanks for joining us. This is Gibraltar Today. The topic of conversation, vaping, which works by heating liquid in a small device so that you can breathe it into your lungs. Over 60% of Year 13 students have tried vaping. That's more than 6 in 10 young people aged 17 or 18. There also seems to be a pattern that girls are more likely to try the cigarette substitute than boys, particularly at a younger age. The data comes from a recent study on vaping among young people carried out by the Gibraltar University and Public Health Gibraltar. Close to 2,200 took part in a short survey. That's almost 70% of year 7 to year 13 students. The study found that the short-term prevalence of vaping among young people, particularly in the past month, is relatively high, suggesting that Gibraltarian young people who try vaping tend to continue. We're joined in the studio now by the Director of Public Health, Dr Helen Carter. Good afternoon, Dr Carter. Good afternoon. Surprising results? Uh, Were you expecting there to be that vapes were used by as many as 60% of year 13 students who are, what, 17 or 18 years old? Yes, this has been a fascinating study. And I want to start off by thanking the young people and the teachers for taking part because actually we had a phenomenal response rate. Normally when you do paper-based surveys, you get a 20 to 30% response rate. We had over 70% of secondary school age children, that's, um, you know, sort of those those slightly older children, we're not talking primary school age, but older children respond to the survey. 11 through to 18. Correct, yes. And what I was told, it's the most common question I'm asked in Gibraltar, and the most common thing put to me is, all children vape all children vape. Actually, what this survey showed us is majority of children don't vape, but you're absolutely right. By the time they get to year 13, we're seeing more and more children vaping. But like, I understand why people would want to do it because it's like you're out, everyone's doing it and it's kind of like a, it's just like a a pressure kind of thing, not. But at such a young age, I don't feel like we should. I've been interested in vaping, but I do know a lot of people who do, and I think it's mainly because of peer pressure reasons at this point, because it's so many people that are doing it. Like, you're going to the bathrooms, and there's more people vaping in there than actually going to the toilets. Nuts. My friends don't vape. It tastes nice. You find, like, 12-year-olds doing it in the streets and everything. No, I wouldn't do it either. Don't see the point in it. 70% have never even tried a vape. So 70% out of all of the year groups. So that's the little E's, that's the 11-year-olds right up to the the, uh, sixth form age children have never tried. But we know that as you increase with age and as by the time you get to year 13, it's the year 13s, we know that a significant number of those children slash young adults, you know, these are these are 16, 17, 18 year olds are indeed vaping. Yes. So, so this was only a short survey, but it did look at what was your motivation for starting vaping, for having a try. And this is, um, I would say, typical teenage behaviour, because the most common reason given was out of curiosity. Um, that's what teenagers do. They experiment, they try. Um, but interestingly, one of the, the, the top five reasons was because of stress. Uh, and that for us is a really interesting 
issue around if young people are turning to vaping because of stress, what extra support can we give them? The other interesting finding is that of those who vaped, most vaped using a fruity flavour that contained nicotine. Now, nicotine is a really, really addictive product. So by the time we get to year 13 and we've got uh, quite a significant number of children who are vaping almost every day, that's going to be really hard to quit. You know, nicotine is, is, as I said, a very addictive product. We know that, for example, if you are a smoker of tobacco cigarettes, you're seven times more likely to have a successful quit attempt with support. And by that, I mean, for example, the, the GHA smoking cessation service. Where there is a gap in that evidence base is how do we support people if they wish to, to stop vaping? And particularly vapes that contain nicotine. And we know that's what our young people are smoking. So that's really interesting because uh, some of the conversations um, at uh, my age uh, among people who perhaps have been smokers or, or even sort of casual smokers is that uh, vaping was a, a better or at least a less harmful alternative to that already established cigarette use, tobacco use. But th- what's interesting about this study is that we're looking at young people who didn't have those tobacco habits yet. So they are, in effect, forming new habits, and some of them are forming habits with electronic vapes, which, for, uh, for, for understandable reasons, have been cast in this sort of less harmful than tobacco, um, you know, sort of uh, role. But the reality is that if, if tobacco didn't have a role in these young people's lives, then vaping, in effect, is something which is highly addictive, um, in the case of those that have nicotine, uh, which could be the cause for them establishing uh, a behavior, regular vaping and a regular intake of nicotine, which is going to be a difficult habit to break. Exactly. And it's it's parallel messages. We're saying to adult smokers, using vapes, uh, the, the evidence indicates it's 95% less harmful than cigarette smoking with tobacco. But it's not harm-free. But this is a different, this is new cohort of young people who've never smoked becoming vapors, and we don't know the long-term effects. We do know that there are some short-term health effects and indeed in Gibraltar I'm aware of at least uh, two two individuals who've had uh, vaping related lung injuries. Now what we are encouraging clinicians to do is... How do we know that those injuries were vaping related rather than just being sort of, you know, injuries that occurred in a vapour? I directly asked the clinicians. So when the clinicians were investigating what the what was the cause of these uh, lung conditions, I liaised with the clinicians and we're encouraging them to write these up as case studies because this is growing our global knowledge and evidence base all, all around the world. We're seeing small numbers, admittedly small numbers of these acute uh, lung injuries and lung effects, but we are seeing them and it's really important that we share that knowledge and grow that knowledge globally. What does the uh, the uh, study tell us about, uh, at the risk of repeating a little bit, uh, the prevalence of young people who were smoking tobacco cigarettes and, and, and that relationship with vaping? Yes, yeah, so most of the, the young people who've started vaping have never used a tobacco cigarette product before they started vaping. Uh, 
um, which is really interesting because there is a, a, there are some schools of thought globally around do people start with cigarettes and move on to, to vapes or do people start with vapes and move on to cigarettes. What we know, what this study tells us is the majority of people vaping were not smoking beforehand. Vaping is, is something new for them. What we can't tell and we're going to need to do more longitudinal studies, is what people call as the, the gateway into, into tobacco smoking. Um, there's, there's mixed evidence around the globe around whether vaping leads to um, tobacco smoking. It's, it's interesting because it's not necessarily the pattern we're seeing at the moment. We're seeing people starting vaping, sticking with vaping, but clearly we need to do the longer-term studies to understand that more. Stacey says that she's seen a lot of people, a lot of young people, anecdotally, uh, a lot of young people um, vaping. You've now established that um, over 60% of year 13 students have tried using a vape. So six out of 10 or more than six out of 10 uh, 17 and 18 year olds uh, in school have tried using uh, a vape. And what Stacey is saying, Dr. Carter, is how different the marketing of vapes is compared to uh, tobacco cigarettes. Uh, and you do have uh, uh, questions that you asked in your survey about how these are perceived. Yes, indeed we did. We asked young people how harmful they perceive vaping to be. And nearly three quarters uh, responded and said, yes, they did understand there was a moderate high risk to vaping. So, so the young people do understand that this is not harm-free. Because I think that's what we were concerned about, that people think it is absolutely harm-free. And as I've said previously, we don't understand the long-term health consequences. But I think the marketing of vapes, and particularly the bubblegum, fruity flavour, rainbow colours, uh, my interpretation of that would be that these are deliberately made to be attractive to young people. Well, that um, uh, brings us nicely to a point that Jeslyn uh, has made. Thanks for writing in Jeslyn. Jeslyn says, um, let's see if I can scroll down to it. Uh, she's asking, who is it that is sharing and, and selling uh, vapes to underaged children? Is this something that uh, has been considered by the authorities, Dr. Carter? These are some of the discussions that we are now having because, indeed, as your listener alludes to, it is illegal to sell vapes to under 18-year-olds. So the question therefore arises, how are they accessing and buying um, these vapes? Interestingly, one of the, the, the motivation questions we had was one of my friends gave them to me. So clearly there is still access to vapes uh, and, and those are ongoing discussions cross-government about how we tighten up that law. Okay, um, we've got something in from Eric, uh, who himself was a smoker. Congratulations to you, Eric, on your efforts. He says he's now two weeks smoke-free, attending the GHA smoking clinic. Fingers crossed that he'll keep to it. Uh, Eric says that nicotine is hugely addictive, and unfortunately the Champix tablets are, are no longer available to him. Uh, so it's a steep climb, uh, he says. Uh, he understands that a small number of individuals had side effects taking these and also that the cost of Champix to the health authority was high. And, uh, and Eric also points out that cigarettes 
and the sale of cigarettes bring in huge revenue for governments, including Gibraltar's, and he thinks that that is the main reason why they are not made illegal. A tricky point, but I don't know if you want to respond to it at all, Dr Carter. Yeah, so so firstly... Congratulations, Eric. You've made the first step by going to the smoking cessation clinic. And I would encourage any listener, if you are contemplating giving up smoking, you are seven times more likely to have a successful quit attempt if you get support. As that listener has said, nicotine is a highly addictive product. And one side of it is regulating sales. But we know by by banning sales, etc., people will still find means and ways to to access either cigarettes, vapes, etc. And that is why, with support, you are more likely to quit. Would you like to see, for example, the marketing around them be similarly controlled um uh, you know look at the what's happened with cigarettes and tobacco and and look to put some uh, health messages on them that uh, that are comparable? So these are exactly some of the discussions and questions I'm having with with ministers um, around these topics about what else can we do to A, try and discourage people from using them and B, raise awareness of the potential health effects. Uh, We're talking about research carried out by uh, Public Health Gibraltar and also the Gibraltar University. Let's hear now from uh, the university's Zolt Demetrovics, who helped to carry out the study along with other researchers. There's obviously a risk uh, that uh, smoking e-cigarettes might open some doors for for further uh, tobacco smoking but uh, we cannot really say that that's for sure we know also that uh, smoking e-cigarettes is less harmful than smoking and that's often emphasized and that's an important message when we talk about adults because that means that for adult smoking tobacco smoking e-cigarettes could be a a way of harm reduction to reduce the related risk. But that's totally not the case for adolescents who are not smoking at all because e-smoking is not harmless. So it doesn't mean that smoking e-cigarettes is harmless. So it means that for adolescents it should not be and cannot be the message that they uh, should try uh, e-cigarettes and obviously that constitutes a risk for for further smoking. Professor Zolt Demetrovics at the University of Gibraltar, uh, who together with Public Health Gibraltar have just published the results of a survey on vaping among young people. Uh, Dr. Helen Carter is in the studio um, with us, the Director of Public Health. Um, Dr. Carter, uh, we, we, we know then now that um, among Year 13 students, so 17 to 18 year olds who are still uh, at uh, a school or the compre- or, or, or the college, uh, that um, the smoking prevalence of tobacco is higher among older students with uh, roughly, roughly one in three having used tobacco at some point in their lives by the time that they are 17 or 18 and uh, roughly one in 10 having used tobacco in the previous month uh, to when the survey was carried out. Um, any comment to make on, on those numbers, how satisfied or dissatisfied you are with them, whether they're going up or down? Do we know if they're going up or down? 
So indeed, the t- tobacco smoking question we included in this survey because, you know, we don't fully understand the complex relationship between vaping and, and tobacco smoking. For me, it is concerning that we've got one in 10, as you say, one in 10 year 13s using um, cigarettes in the last 30 days. So that indicates um, some some quite significant usage. That is concerning to us because of that long-time potential lifelong addictive behaviour effects on the body. Uh, from, from a different perspective, curious that uh, precisely at a time when um, societies in the developed world are trying to move away from single-use plastic that um, a lot of the vapes are, are single-use and get thrown away. We hear the thoughts now of the Education and Environment Minister, uh, John Cortez. Well, probably vapes are more of a threat to the environment uh, if you think purely on the environment and not on the personal health uh, because of the plastic, because of the lithium uh, and because of the heavy metals that are contained uh, and these are disposed of, they can find their way into the environment, they can find their way into the sea. So I think that is more of a problem uh, and it also is likely, as some of the results seem to be suggesting, that it is a first step for younger people to get into a habit. It's a better habit than smoking, but for young people who have their lungs uncontaminated, it's not a good step. We don't know yet whether it's a step to smoking, um, but it's a risk that we'd rather not take. Dr John Cortez, the Environment and Education Minister, reflecting on uh, the environmental consequences of this new habit, which a lot of people in Gibraltar, um, as uh, in other places in the developed world, uh, a new habit which um, which an increasing number of people have adopted, vaping. That's the subject uh, of our conversation today and um, let's say good afternoon now to Tamsin Suarez here representing the Civil Union of Students and Parents. Uh, Good afternoon Tamsin and and what's your take on the survey results? Good afternoon Scott. Um, I think it's very concerning um, especially with our group members. Um, There seems to be um, a lot a big issue with the younger people um, vaping, they get attracted to it. There's very bright colours. Um, they seem to be advertised. Um, they're like sweeties, if you want to say, um, and they're really attracted to it. And they seem to be using it um, without realising that the long-term health risks. Um, and, I, and none of us really know the long-term health risks of vaping. So, um, and uh, there is a lot of concern in the group about this and about the the children and and vaping and how to control it and how how we can stop that in Gibraltar. They do seem to be able to access it. And then for me, the the next phase of this is thinking about how can we support young people to stop vaping? Because limiting sales is absolutely one side of it. You know, absolutely, let's limit supply. But as I said earlier, nicotine and most young people who vape are using nicotine containing products nicotine is a highly addictive substance and i think we're going to need to provide some additional support to enable young people to to stop vaping okay and uh, let's bring in tamsin on on um, on this idea that um young people are are trying vaping while while considering the risk to be moderate or very high so th- they're sort of saying we know that it could be bad for my health but I'm going to do it anyway. 
Uh, do you have any sort of comment to make on that um, frame of mind as, as, uh, as a parent? Yeah, especially teenagers. They do tend to get peer pressured into things. They're bright colours. They see their friends doing it. Um, you can see them l laying around. You know, you've got the additional impact on the environment with these plastic um, uh, vapes being thrown around all the time. But it's very easy. They're very easily passed around. They're very easily obtainable, obviously, because um, they seem to be using them. Um, and children do tend to just do what their friends are doing, do what their peers are doing, and um, just they you know, they, they seem to be attractive. You, you've prompted a thought there. Um, Dr. Carter and myself were talking about, um, in response to a point by, by Jeslyn, one of our listeners, that they are, uh, young people are obtaining them even though they shouldn't be available uh, at a sh in a shop at least they shouldn't be sold to somebody who's younger than 18 uh, any comments to make on on how you think young people are obtaining those vapes um it's it's the same i, s I suppose as cigarettes and alcohol that they there there are ways and means of doing it. They either you know the children with makeup nowadays are very easily they very they can look older look, than they, they are. do. They very look older than they do. They can get older siblings to um, obtain it for them. Um, not realizing how dangerous these vapes are, it's very flippantly obtained. You know, even a parent might who aren't aware of the. Um, the, the problems with these and the long-term health problems might go into shops and buy it. And our, um, on our group today, one of the parents had said that she'd been in a shop herself and seen um, the shop assistants um, letting the children purchase these so, vapes. So uh, as Director of Public Health, Dr Carter, do you think that we need more enforcement? I think it's something we definitely need to explore. And I think it's, I would encourage anybody selling vapes, if you're at all unsure, ask for ID. Ask for ID. Uh, it, yeah, I mean, I suppose it's a, a similar adv advice to alcohol and cigarettes, which are, are products that have been on sale for longer. Uh, and we also know that young people, even if they're underage, um, uh, they, they manage to get their hands on it because we are creative and ingenious in many ways. <laughs> yeah, they always manage to, don't they? They can ask a, an older peer maybe <laughs> yes, to, to buy it yeah. for them and, and for it to pass it on. So it does not necessarily... Uh, all, it doesn't necessarily mean that all of these young people are obtaining vapes because shop assistants are, are making illegal sales. Mm -hmm. I think it's very important to educate them. I, I'm, I'm, I'm aware that some of the schools have discussed it, um, but education is the key to, to communication to everything. And if we need to really make them aware of the health issues of, of these vapes. Absolutely. We're going to be working with Department of Education and with head teachers around how best we can do that, but also with young people, because one of the key findings of the survey was young people in the main know they are harmful. They know these, these disposable vapes have an impact on the environment. So how best can we support them to give them alternative, healthier ways to manage stress? You know, that peer pressure you were talking about earlier as well. What other alternatives can we support young people? We're also going to be offering to do some parental education awareness classes as well and some sessions of those um, clearly after the summer summer break because um, I don't think we'd be uh, terribly popular at the moment. <laughs> um, the beach is, is, is pulling people away. but Pe People's um, brains need a little bit of a break before it, they indeed. start getting bombarded with new messages. I uh, have like a temptation to... Do it if you know what I mean. Uh, yeah, run like now and then and that. 
But, but we um, always decline it. Yeah, because like uh, we know that it's bad for our health and it's not really good for our lungs. And like especially for people that do oh, yeah. sports like me. I personally disagree with it. I, my family's been affected by smoking and stuff like that before, so I disagree with it personally. Nah, I never want to try it because it's bad for our health. And I do sports, so it's bad for me. I'd say most people my age feel the same as me, but maybe some some people like it. But like I I say I say that it's really bad for you and you should not do it ever. How does this compare to other concerns that we might have about risks to to, to young people's health? Um, because you know life is full of risk, and, and of course we need to manage that risk, but we also need to keep it in. Uh, proportion uh, and have a sense of proportionality and perspective, no? Agreed. Um, I think this is going to be important because it gives us the data to inform policy uh, and those discussions around what does that mean for Gibraltar? What does that mean for the advertising of fruity-flavoured nicotine-containing vapes? And we're not the only country looking at that. Many countries are looking at that. I think it's really, really beneficial, this survey, because it raises the profile of the issue it gives us a platform to talk about the issue. Um, absolutely noted your comments around other risk-taking behaviour because the last thing we want to do is demonise vaping and push young people into even more riskier behaviours. And, and final uh, concluding thoughts for you, Tamsin? Um, it's, uh, I think that the children tend to socially smoke, uh, socially use the vapes um, and it's part of their peer group, so tackling it and, and addressing it and at home as well is extremely important. Thanks for listening to those highlights from Gibraltar Today. I'm Kelly M. Borge, the show's producer. We're live on Radio Gibraltar Monday to Friday from 1 to 2, getting behind the headlines. And you can catch up here whenever you like. Until next time, have a good one. GBC Podcasts. Local voices on demand.